This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome. You're found Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. I'm your host, Elizabeth Wharton, at Lawyer Liz on Twitter. And this is, while I say, while I am an attorney with the law firm of Hall Booth Smith, this is not legal advice. Instead, Buzz Off is a weekly look at and discussion at all of the technology buzz in Internet of Things, drones, autonomous vehicles, and all the gadgets and gizmos in between. So welcome. And last week we had the pleasure of coming to you live from Las Vegas during the information security conferences known as Black Hat, B-Sides, and DEF CON. And while we were talking about connected cities and autonomous vehicles and all the systems and security protocols needed to keep them running. The initial show idea for this week was going to be a follow-up on some of the talks and research that came out of the security conferences. And instead, uh, both the today's guest and several of my uh, colleagues and friends traveling back from the conferences all fell victim to what we're going to call hashtag Delta Down and were either stuck in Las Vegas or uh, travelers all across the world uh, finding issues with Delta Airlines system going down, which what was blamed as just a computer glitch and perhaps uh, backup systems failures compounded this mistake. Well, we're going to look into that a little bit and talk about how this plays out in the bigger Internet of Things as as everyone is rushing, uh, in some cases, in other cases, dragging along slowly, but as more and more devices become connected and we're relying on these fail-safes and systems in everything from coffee makers to critical infrastructure, what happens when Delta goes down, when there is a glitch? So joining me on the show today is Wesley McGrew with uh, Horn Cyber. And that's, I say, Wesley, that's not going to give enough credit to all you've accomplished and uh, everything, but welcome to the show. And if you could share with everyone a little bit about what you've been working on, what took you to Vegas, and what research you've done in the systems controls areas. Sure. Thanks, Liz. So uh, so I'm currently Director of Cyber Operations at Horn Cyber, and uh, with that I've been working on uh, what we call advanced penetration testing, and, you know, so, so essentially our, our work involves... Uh, hacking into companies in order to show them their vulnerabilities so that they can fix those vulnerabilities basically on a contract basis. And so uh, you had nothing to do. Y'all were not working on any projects with Delta, I hope. No, we were not. Uh, and and had we been doing so, we'd have been a little bit more careful, I believe. <laughs> so, yeah. And, uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah. 
so basically out in Vegas, uh, uh, you know, I, I had flown out there to give two talks at Black Hat and at DEF CON on the topic of secure penetration testing, doing these things in a way that doesn't leave clients open to third-party attack. Uh, it was really on my return uh, trip that I saw sort of the, the consequences of the damage that, uh, that those kinds of attacks can do. Well, exactly. I mean, you... It- I said if there was no, anyone who could really talk about firsthand what uh, was going on with Delta Down, it's certainly you. Uh, how long were you delayed uh, with your return travels? So I was supposed to arrive. Uh, I was supposed to arrive home at 3 p.m. yesterday, and I was flying out of. Uh, I was flying out of Las Vegas uh, at. About, at about 11 and uh, arriving back home at GTR, the, the Columbus, Mississippi airport, uh, about 3 and uh, it turned out instead of flying home 3 yesterday I, or 3 Monday rather, uh, I arrived back home at about 11, uh, 11 Tuesday, so, so uh, nearly a full day of, of just sort of random airport wanderings <laughs> well, it, you know, it. I'm sure the airport vendors did not mind the slot machines at uh, the Las Vegas airport uh, were perhaps a little bit longer lines. But it, how were the communications? I mean, when when did you first become aware that the something was amiss with Delta? So when I woke that morning, so, uh, uh, you know, as is tradition for me, I, I pull up the news before I even get out of bed. So so uh, I, I pull out my phone, I hit the news sites, and the number one story that morning is Delta Down. It's, uh, you know, and at that time nobody knew what was going on with it. And, uh, you know, I'm sort of half awake, and I, and I see that the first story that loads up is about Delta. I'm like, well, that's what I'm flying today, or I might be. So we went ahead and uh, went to the airport early so that, you know, we had every opportunity to, to speak to agents and get things rebooked if need be. You know, it turned out that uh, I had a, <laughs> had problems starting even uh, uh, earlier than I should have. The, the big issues were in Atlanta, but in Las Vegas, our flight had a number of issues. We had, we were overbooked, and then we were overweight, and then there was too much wind. Uh, then uh, we had a mechanical issue. We had to deplane. The plane had to be fixed. Even just getting out of Las Vegas was a oh, and ground delays. <laughs> Even getting out of Las Vegas was was like an eight-hour delayed ordeal, which of course causes me to miss my last flight to to uh, Columbus. Well, it. it- it highlights one of the the first issue is when uh, transportation kind of lumping that in with some of the critical systems. But when there is a problem, how do you get the word out? And how do you? Because it's it seems like there's a lot of uh, fires going on at the same time. And in this case, it, at one point it was blamed on a literal fire at uh, correctly you know, as you noted in Atlanta. But once that starts compounding and the errors start building up, you realize, is, how do you get the message out? I mean, how do you let folks know when one of the first things that's going down is perhaps your communication systems? 
Right, and and you know, with a complex system such as air travel, uh, you know, small problems compound, and so you know, we're still seeing the repercussions of it today. Uh, you know, so, uh, the the even the people involved, the the flight crews, uh, there's flights delayed or canceled today simply because the crews have not had enough rest that they're mandated to have, and so as far as communications go, uh, in this case, you know, there was. Uh, you know, communication among Delta staff, but not necessarily as much to the to the customers flying. You know, once you're in an airport, you're kind of you kind of lost some of that. You kind of give up. Some say, of that you're a, you're a captive killer. audience. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. and so you you're you're committed in at that point, and uh, and so you know the the amount of information we were getting, you know, sort of decreased throughout the day. And by the time I got to Atlanta, there was, uh, you know, they, they they let us deplane. And, you know, usually when there's issues like that, there's a gate agent there ready to, to basically help every single person out getting rebooked and getting them whatever they need as far as, like, uh, reimbursements for hotels and meals and stuff. They just let us off the plane <laughs> and let us fend for, fend for ourselves for a while, it seemed. Well, uh, and that was one of the issues that, I mean, reports this morning had that or as of this morning uh, there were 1700 flights that had been canceled so that's not even looking at the delays but when you've got you anticipated those were all booked you know fully booked planes and depending on the number of passengers that's a lot of people that are suddenly somewhere they weren't intending to be at a time they weren't intending to be there. And one of the things we heard were that, well, okay, even if you wanted to drive, car rentals were just sold out in locations because they weren't expecting that influx. And with your travels, you were you mentioned you were coming from Las Vegas to Atlanta to then continue trap or travels. So when you got to Atlanta, there there wasn't that communication it sounds like was certainly lacking and how long did you get to spend in the lovely hartsfield jackson Uh, enough to see it all uh so (laughs) you know i called for a car and then and no cars and uh and all the hotels in the area were booked as well and uh you know by because since we were so late arriving uh at the airport at the atlanta airport uh, you know, uh, it was clear that all of that had already been spent up because, you know, all those uh, tunnels between the terminals and anything where you walk if you don't really feel like riding the little uh, underground train, you know, those were just filled with people sleeping. Uh, and so, uh, so all of that, you know, uh, there, there's, you know, not much point in leaving the airport at that point. Uh, and so uh, I, I arrived at. Uh, I arrived there close to midnight, and uh, so that was almost. Right. Uh, I mean, that was over twelve hours into what it, the initial reports, I guess, were around uh, five thirty or so yeah. Monday morning Eastern time. So sixteen, seventeen hours in, you're saying they still had there weren't solutions. It was still a little chaotic. Right. And and really, I think it had gotten worse. And so, when you look at this in the context of you know our our cybersecurity and everything, the you know we've been debating or not really debating, but we've been trying to just to 
ascertain the original cause of this. And it seems like it's, you know, with the stories I'm seeing are that it uh, involves a, a power module uh, malfunctioning. You know, this really shows, you know, uh, it's the sort of system like we see these things on our penetration tests a lot. These power control systems and other type of systems that, that control the infrastructure of an organization. You, you know, whether it's a physical failure or or physical failure or an attack on these things, it's very. It can be very easy to destabilize a large, critical organization like this, and let that sort of cascade across an entire system. A single failure in a single module, in this case, winds up affecting, I don't know how many thousands of people, and well, the things that they are required to do. I'm. I'm thinking of the stories you've heard or that you would see in the news before where a squirrel gets into a substation, bites the wrong, you know, chews through the wrong wire. And not only do you have fricasseed uh, squirrel, but it's knocked out power. So in the context of an organization and what Delta has been explaining, what would a power switch? I mean, is it that basic of a failure or... Is it? Well, I mean, how does how does this play into the bigger systems for our audience? Share a little bit about that. Sure. So, uh, I believe that that you know, without really deep inside knowledge of how Delta <laughs> exactly, operates, because that, that again, uh, this was not anything that y'all were testing, or uh, but you right. would be willing to test for them later, right? Oh, we'd we'd be perfectly happy to do so for them later. Uh, however, you know, we wouldn't have been messing with it when we were flying. <laughs> uh, but the uh, you know, an organization like Delta and their infrastructure is probably not as robust as even the in, in it, the, the, the electric grid. And so, with the with the grid, there's lots of redundancies in place and lots of failover. And there's uh, the, the whole purpose of the grid is to uh, is to keep operating and anything in the in the face of individual and localized failures. Delta, it seems, had some sort of system for failover, some sort of system for emergency backup. Okay. However, it seems like they may not have tested it quite as well uh, ahead of time. In testing. I was like, testing can be the key. And we're going to jump to our first commercial break. And when we get back, talk, share a little bit about what testing could be involved. But you're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. Your auto love and investment demands the best. And for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose 
and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome back. You found Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. We come to you live each Wednesday from 2 to 3 Eastern and podcasts available on AmericasWebRadio.com, the app for iPhone and iOS devices, and Stitcher and other uh, means of downloading the podcast. Well, today... We took a sidetrack from planned activities to take up hashtag Delta Down. So I'm chatting with Wesley McGrew from Horn Cyber. And Wesley not only has firsthand experience with Delta Down and getting stuck uh, in the Atlanta airport as well as the Las Vegas McLaren Airport, but Wesley is a cybersecurity and penetrations and systems expert. And Wesley, you were right before the break, we were talking a little bit about kind of the testing and when you do it uh, to make sure that when this happens or something like this happens where your systems fail, that you're ready for it. And it doesn't sound like Delta had had an opportunity to test their systems. I mean, their backups failed. That's right. So uh, in this case, uh, the systems that were supposed to uh, to, to to fail that were supposed to handle the failover in an in an incident like this, where some power or network equipment fails, uh, simply didn't. And so, you know, an organization should have uh, you know disaster recovery and and business continuity in mind when they're operating. And so. Periodically, those systems have to be tested. And the but the problem is, for an organization as complex as Dell is, uh, not Dell, I'm sorry, Delta, uh, as, as, as an organization as complex as Delta, uh, when do they do it, and on what scale do they do it? Because they're a twenty four seven operation, uh, and and they may not be able to. Uh, actually test the actual in-production system. So they wind up testing the uh, test environment or something of that nature. Uh, and so that tends towards less frequent testing and less thorough testing for that sort of thing. Well, and as someone who, I mean, this is what your company does. I mean, this is what y'all are doing on a fairly regular basis is right. doing these testing, but... In particular, I mean, you were just presenting at Placat and DEFCON at security conferences in Las Vegas on how to do these without crashing everything else. I mean, how how does that what does that look like? So, uh, so you know, we provide all sorts of testing services. We do provide this business uh, continuity and this disaster recovery service. Uh, this. Uh, the testing of that. Uh, we also provide, and what I was speaking on at Black Hat and DEF CON, is penetration testing services. Look, look at what it looks like 
when a real live third party attacker tries to decide to impact an organization in this way. And what we've seen on those penetration tests is in most cases businesses are vulnerable to the kinds of attacks that would cause these sorts of uh of of massive outages for a business. You know, I would say the majority of the time when we roll in for a uh penetration test uh and study the impact of the findings that we have for that, we can establish that most of the time if it's our first engagement with that client, uh that company would suffer uh, you know, significant downtime and significant outages and significant um, uh, uh, sort of gaps in the amount of time that they can operate and perform their everyday business that funds everything that they do. Well, and the, the testing models, I mean, this doesn't just apply to the airline industries or businesses. I mean, now that everything is relying and on, I mean, from our water supply to the power grid to, you know, heavens forbid, Netflix, iTunes, uh, cable. I mean, don't mess with my TV. Uh, don't mess with my movies. If, if those, I mean, because we've seen, was it Netflix? I mean, it, it happens when their systems go down. But how catastrophic does it have to be or how big of a glitch does it have to be everything to fail or is it a matter of well they just haven't tested it and now they're getting to do a live test right so uh for most so every company whether you consider them to be critical infrastructure or not and there's you know the defined areas of critical infrastructure transportation is one delta belongs to that uh but everybody every company has some element that's critical to them and critical to their continued operations so you have Delta here working at a uh, working at at you know diminished capacity for a few days. Uh, if you take that same situation for any company uh, being out of service, being unable to perform business for a few days, that's a that's a big huge problem in anything. So if you're taking orders and you're not accepting orders for a few days, that's a problem. If you're not providing any kind of service for a few days, that's that spells, you know, gloom and doom for the business. And so everybody has these sorts of problems, and everybody has technology that they rely on, their servers, their point-of-sale systems, uh, you know, even as simple as the things that control their power and their backup generators and things. All of that is subject to, to attack or just, or just straight-up failure. Things things break over time. And, uh, and, and so... Anytime anything like that goes out, that has a potential to impact any business, not not simply one that's traditional critical infrastructure. Well, exactly. And I, thinking of you saw pictures on Twitter of, of poor gate agents trying to lower slips of paper in buckets uh, mm-hmm. because they could not. I mean, in this case, it seemed that everything from their their internal communications to, I mean, gate agents couldn't communicate with the network, but more so, you, you there was nothing going on between the gate agents with within even the airport itself. Right. Was that yeah. along the lines of what you saw? 
Yeah, so, uh, you know, one of the things that I witnessed while I was there, uh, besides just sort of a, a, a breakdown of social order, was, uh, you know, when I was able to get to somebody that, that had the, the capability of rebooking or, or, or changing flights or getting onto a computer system of any sort, uh, one of the things that, that I had happening with me and, and I'm, is that, uh, None of the, the apps or the website or anything reflected what was going on with my itinerary at all. As a matter of fact, my itinerary had disappeared from there. So I couldn't even visualize anything from the way I could communicate with, with Delta. Uh, the gate agents seemed to be able to pull up my information, no problem, which was thankfully, right? Exactly, because uh, nobody carries – I mean, I do because I – I like the touch, right. the feel of paper in my hand, but nobody really prints out their itinerary ahead of time anymore. Oh, I, I do. However, my itinerary had long been shot, <laughs> so uh, those slips of paper were, you know, they were simply my proof that I at one time was going to fly to Columbus, Mississippi. Uh, when I handed those over to the agents, they were able to use their systems to pull up my information just fine. They were telling me I was on a, a flight that would. I guess probably get me home you know sometime about now and uh-huh. uh and, and and you know when I looked over at the screen of one of them I noticed that instead of using this gra- nice graphical friendly user interface for it that they usually had they had the old school text style terminals uh up that they were literally typing in commands to to see what was going on very obscure looking very difficult to use I imagine it was uh I imagine it was uh, only a subset of the gate agents that even knew how to use that system. It looked uh, it looked fairly fairly old. Well, in it's it reminds me of the the Naval Academy now with the U.S. military. They're having to reteach uh, Navy you know, crew members how to use celestial navigation because what happens when GPS and all of our our systems, our Internet of Things, our gadgets aren't working to go back to that old school mechanism. So hopefully there were cheat sheets some of the agents could use to remember their uh, proper command uh, line control. Uh, entries, correct? Or? Right. I was tempted to take over one of the stations myself and try to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> is, uh, is, Could you, you know, tell what language whack. they were using or... Yeah, it, 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 I mean, it was uh, it, 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 it was it was definitely custom to Delta. Uh, it was it was certainly not something that one could pick up very quickly. But uh, you know, at, at a certain point, you know, without any sort of communication or without the ability to to check the status of anything, really, uh, you know, it was it was tempting to, to try to pick it up. It had time, right? It, exactly. You would hope. I mean, if. Uh if the agents are able to uh, learn Pokemon Go that has only been out in the last month, uh, surely they could pick up the simple command lines for this. But glad glad that y'all were there. Now, first inclination, did you look to some of your cohorts coming back from these conferences and be like, all right, who wanted the extra day in Vegas? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, you know, the the whole time I was walking around the Atlanta airport, and I did, I didn't really sleep that night because, you know, 
I'm a security guy. I've got trust issues. I'm not just going to fall asleep amongst <laughs> a bunch of random people. So walking around the Atlanta airport, all I could think to myself is, you know, Wesley, you should have stayed in Vegas another day because you could have just been walking around on the strip. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of jokes around, bounced around about security folks and everything wanting to spend more time in Vegas. But after a week in Vegas, I think we're mostly ready to leave. No, and that makes sense. I have to admit, I was very glad uh, to take my 6 a.m. flight out Sunday morning and miss that. And as we're about to jump into another commercial break, we'll pick up a little bit on, so what next and how do you uh, play the attribution game? But you're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. I'm your host, Liz Wharton, at Lawyer Liz on Twitter. And today I'm chatting with Wesley McGrew from Horn Cyber and Delta Down. What happens when, in this case, they're blaming or attributing it to a switch that caused one switch in one room in one place shut down an entire worldwide airline? And we were talking before the break called the attribution eight ball, you know, the attribution dice. Okay, what caused this? And I don't know about the rest of everyone else, but uh, CSI Cyber is a frequent uh, 
I'll say, bite of my jokes at their attempts to be hip and in the know with uh, the latest cybersecurity issues. But the show did point out some of the issues when we've got all these connected devices that we laugh and as uh, Wesley, hopefully you can shed some light on that we're calling it a switch failed, but how did the switch fail? And one of the things CSI Cyber would love to do is say, well, somebody hacked into a home's Wi-Fi network, for example, and the printer that was connected to the network wasn't secured because the printer manufacturer just that was not the top of their that was a business decision they didn't secure it and by cause sending uh, commands to the printer causing it to overheat and in that episode i believe it was i may have combined episodes in my mind but you know, the printer overheat causes a fire and suddenly you've got a switch failure you've got a fire in a room that how do you know that 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 wasn't the case or is that something y'all run across and can point out or is this just a very good criminal way to cover your tracks absolutely and and so uh you know with with this specific incident you know there's the the there there's they called it, uh, you know, a fault in in uh, in this, this uh, power control module, and you know, there's really no, they, they, you know, the forensic analysis of what's going to, what, what caused that's going to have to be taken care of, but you know, the results of that, who knows? But you know, the same things that happen when an electronic device that's a network capable device, the same things that happens when one of those fails. Uh, due to some, you know, malfunction or, or physical defect. Those are the same things that can happen when one fails due to a network attack. And so that root cause is interchangeable in, in many cases. And in all cases, when it comes to IoT devices and other connected sorts of systems and devices. So as, as far as the impact of that, the impact is down to the physical capabilities of that device. Can it uh, heat up to the point of failure, heat up to the point of of catching something on fire. It's probably an exaggeration in the case of the CSI episode. <laughs> However, you know, uh, it is possible to physically damage hardware through network-based attacks in many cases uh, if the hardware will allow you to do so. You know, simply turning something on and off faster than it's intended to do or, or uh, spinning it out of spec or something like that. You know, those sorts of things can cause, uh, you know, catastrophic failures and things. So flicking and, the uh, light switch as a child wasn't just annoying your parents. It actually right. could cause something to overheat? Yes, actually, you know, with, with, uh, with some appliances and devices that... Uh, that, that switch things on and off at high currents, or involve uh, uh, motors and, and, and or, or what have you that are not designed to take a cycling of power that, that happens rapidly, it can cause a it can cause a device to to uh, to either or simply fail in a non spectacular way and just then that it stops or to overheat, and so. Uh, you know, physical failure due to 
manipulation of something remotely, like through a switch or through a network connection, turning something off, on and off like that, that that can happen. You know, we see that. We see instances on our penetration tests where, say, a diesel generator is hooked up to a network uh, through a through a, what we call a serial to Ethernet gateway, and uh, a remote attacker would be able to manipulate that thing. And so, if you can, if an attacker can take over the systems that control things, like the power for a rack of uh, network appliances or, or a rack of servers, and then also affect the backup mechanism then the downtime that they can get and give an organization, any organization, not just Delta, uh, can be significant. Well, and one of the things we've talked about on this show uh, earlier episodes was the importance of, okay, great, uh, now that you've just told me somebody can burn down my house uh, or I'm going to have to buy a new TV because somebody can get into my systems. We've talked about the kind of importance of creating those sec- separate Wi-Fi uh, networks within your home, within your router, so that not every device is connecting the same way. Is that protection mechanism something that would help in this instance or yeah if somebody's messing with your devices like this you're just out of luck that's a great question because you know one of our biggest recommendations one of the biggest things that we see on on uh on client networks and on our penetration tests and one of the biggest things that that we recommend um, we, we see a lack of segmentation on networking, and what that really means is that is that you have all of your devices, including, say, all of your desktop workstations that get infected with viruses all the time, uh, all of your servers, and then all of your Internet of Things or appliances and control systems and SCADA and all that. A lot of organizations have all those on one single flat network where any one of those things can talk to any one of the other things. And so... The desktop system infected with a virus can wind up talking to the serial, the Ethernet gateway, talking to the diesel generator, and that spells trouble, right? So mm-hmm. we we recommend that a network uh, have an architecture and not simply be flat like that. And so you isolate your control systems and your related control systems off on the networks that allow you to control access to that from uh, say your desktop workstation. There's no reason why the administrative assistant's desktop should be able to talk to the power control in the server room, and so the the key okay, and, and that, not allow it to. That protects too against that oopsie of mm-hmm. uh, you. Know, it, it doesn't create, as you said, it doesn't create that chain reaction, uh, and. Exactly right. There is no reason why even my laptop, you know, my desktop should be able to uh, communicate now. So, how do you? So, it, it gets exacerbated by pass same passwords everywhere, right? Yeah, and so uh, you have your network segmentation that can be a problem, like like which systems can talk to which systems. But with passwords, you know, you, you have issues with uh, maintaining and, and communicating what those passwords should be and authenticating people for who they are. 
So if you reuse passwords across a large number of systems and say say you have the same password for all of your different control systems uh, and you have a number of people who work on those control systems and they all share that same password, you have this many-to-many relationship of, of individuals who are working on those systems and the systems themselves. However, after the fact, when something does go wrong, because everybody uses the same password for the same systems, you have no audit trail on what happened at that point. You can't say this person interacted with this, with this system because well, there even, are so many people. Even more so, thinking if someone has been able to compromise, for example, if they've compromise my desktop mm-hmm. or it, taking it onto the smaller level if I've got my printer and my internet you know, my Netflix account, my laptop and my coffee maker all using the same uh, say bucket so to speak on mm-hmm. my home network, even if I section out, okay, my printer is and you know, my guest network and then my right. network, it, protecting against that, that's something Tom Cross mentioned on last week's show, You know, right. have a guest network. But if I'm using the same passwords for all of that, once they got into one, they're going to try, even on an automated basis, the same password for my other networks, I'd imagine. Absolutely. And so your computer, in, in, in the situation you're describing, your computer represents like the central point for all of that. If you are the one connecting to all of those networks with your computer, that's your point of failure right there. And, you know, if you were reusing passwords a good bit, uh, you know, and on a practical note, uh, if you use any of the passwords for your local network or an organization, you reuse their passwords uh, on services such as Netflix or different web forums and things like that, uh, you're at the mercy of their breach to be breached. So if Netflix gets hacked and all the passwords get leaked, uh, those same passwords probably work for those individuals' work accounts too, and that's an in on to those other organizations' networks. So you have to you have to watch out for your employees uh, you you know it's hard to, to you have to educate employees not to use their work password on other sites that are related to them. Well, in uh, in our house, we just updated some of the passwords, and I have to tell you, I didn't realize how many devices that were connecting to the different things. Because when you do an across the board, let's update all the passwords on all of our systems. And then you realize exactly what is connecting to which system going, okay, no, that's a different password. That's a different one. It gets complicated. Are there, do you see an, a shift in the industry towards moving away from passwords? I mean, I always hear rumblings about it, but if we go to biometric data, I can't change my eye color. You know, I can't right. change my fingerprint. And so as we, jump into our last uh, commercial break in a minute. Let's pick that up, if you don't mind, and see kind of where we go from here. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. 
Whether cruising the strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Are your health insurance premiums going up? You are not alone. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org to understand why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. This is Grace Marie Turner, President of the Galen Institute. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome back to Buzz Off with the Lawyer Liz, coming to you each Wednesday on America's Web Radio and podcasts available for download. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz, chatting Delta Down today with Wesley McGrew of Horn Cyber. And Wesley, we were talking before the break uh, about passwords and how do you keep up, how do you change, right. where the industry is going, and kind of... I, some people look to the password uh, kind of keepers, the one pass, the you know putting them on your phone. But what happens when your iPhone or your cell phone is the thing that breaks, that no longer works? Or uh, didn't a couple of those uh, programs get breached recently? I mean, everything yeah. out there for the world to see. Right, and so you know you have to there. There's there's a balance here, right? And so obviously, you know, obviously trying to memorize every one of your complex passwords is not feasible. Obviously, uh, having one password for everything uh, is not secure. And so we fall into a, a place where we have to have something to manage our passwords. Personally, I favor an offline solution for that. And by offline, I mean just not cloud-hosted. Uh, I use KeyPass for 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 mine, uh, and so I have a series of these encrypted file stores that KeyPass helps me maintain, and it will help me keep up with passwords for individual services. It will generate new passwords for them. Uh, I find it to be pretty easy to use, and I can have backup copies of that that KeyPass on on a home computer and on my phone and on my laptop. And, you know, the idea is... Up until now, what happens if your home Wi-Fi goes out? And so you're not able to, or in some cases, I have have never bricked, knock on wood, more than one device at a single time. (laughs) Uh, But... It happens. So if your lap, right. you know, if you can't access your laptop, you can't access. I mean, how do those programs work? Is it something where you can 
if it's not cloud-based, so it's not I can log on right. to any terminal and get the same information. You know, with Delta, it wasn't like you can go and get these systems from another you know, approach point. It's if our right. systems are down, our systems are down. So what happens yeah. with those? So with, with the with KeyPass, which is which is uh, not a cloud-based solution, uh, I have a a recent enough copy of that encrypted database on a USB drive at home that uh, if if I were if my laptop and my phone and all of that were to go out at once, uh, you know, I would at least have that encrypted file store on on a, on a drive that I could then go to Walmart buy a cheap burner laptop and install the software and be able to re- recover those passwords. So, uh, you know, fairly resilient failure. It's a lot more work than simply using a cloud-based solution, but it's uh, it's something that, that I feel like I have personal control over and I can uh, perhaps trust a little bit more than a cloud-based solution. Well, and so be honest, because we'll go back and we'll check your Twitter feed <laughs> and your Facebook feeds and such. Uh, your first seven jobs, uh, please tell me, people really weren't. I mean, I saw folks putting that on Twitter. I mean, th- those are oh, your security yeah. questions, you know, right. assuming you've answered them uh, truthfully when you've set up the accounts. I mean, I- admittedly, I try to get creative, and then my problem is I can't remember how cutesy I was oh, yeah. being that Same. day with my answers. Uh, but with social media and Instagram and all of these accounts, is that just another layer that you'll have to educate your clients on when you're doing your pen testing? Yeah. So, so, and to the point of the uh, so the seven uh, the first seven jobs. No, I didn't fill that out, and quite frankly, I couldn't remember what they were. <laughs> uh, but uh, when it comes to those types of password security questions. Um, you know, uh, I would advise possibly keeping, like, randomizing your answers and keeping those in one of these kind of key pass type databases as well. Or, uh, my, frankly, what I do is I just type in complete garbage for the answers <laughs> of them all. And uh, if it comes to the point where I've lost my password for that account, which doesn't happen often because I'm maintaining uh, a, a database of those passwords, if I were to lose access, and I have occasionally lost access to an account like that before, I'm just sunk. I just have to make a new account. So uh, you know, but usually when I lose that, it's because it was a burner account that that I that I didn't uh, actually write down or anything. So it's not too big of a deal. You know, when it when it comes to talking about that kind of uh, security with, with with clients, you know, the the key really is to keep the keep the employees from using. Their their work, their domain passwords, their email work email passwords for, as well as that is their their Gmail and their their social networks and things like that. That way, you can limit the compromise. If they're compromised by a social network, you're trying to keep that compromise from traversing back into your organization. Well, and it 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 sounds like there's some basic simple steps. You. Know, education being one, having these tests and kind of the fail-safes available, even at the basic level of setting up those, you know, segmenting your network. Uh, What are some other ideas? I mean, 
you would think Delta has fairly robust testing and fail safes, but and they're not the only one. I don't mean to pick on Delta because Southwest, I mean United, right. just about every major carrier has had these issues within the last year. I mean, where where are we missing? Is it just that there's enough? Uh, it's been different issues each time, or there is there a commonality that a take home message we can use? Well, I think yeah. So I think that there's a couple of commonalities. One is that these are like these systems are complex and getting more complex by the day. So the more moving parts you add to the system, the more chance you have of a single point of of that system failing, and the more chance you have of that impacting the rest of the system in unexpected ways. The response to that, what you do about that, should also be fairly common. It's that not only do you develop a process or a plan for recovering from failure, uh, but, but adequately testing it. And so not simply testing it in a test environment, but somehow testing it such that you can know that if your production systems fail, that you can fail over to something. And that should be both from a disaster recovery standpoint, you know, having, and, and a lot of times I think that these require a third party to come in to be uh, neutral and to be thinking about these things in ways that the employees of that company are not necessarily thinking of. Having a third party walk you through that disaster recovery process and observing, or in the case of cyber attacks, actually simulating the cyber attack uh, and doing all of the unexpected things that that a that a real attacker will do. Now, how creative do y'all get? And I mean, don't give away the company secrets <laughs> because I know it's the it's the special sauce that make makes y'all stand out. Right. But how creative, realistically? I mean, I I think of back in you know, trying to get out of chores. I mean, we could come up with all kinds of crazy scenarios. How creative do y'all get during your testing, and how should you? Because the attackers are um, you know, are motivated. They're going to get creative. Yes. yes, the attackers are very creative and very motivated, and our goal is to uh, emulate the, the same advanced threats that you would see from organized crime from nation states. And so we have people with the same sort of background and training and finding, you know, new zero-day vulnerabilities and things and exploiting the known vulnerabilities and exploiting the vulnerabilities that are latent in the way a specific organization has arranged things. And so we get very creative. We'll redirect uh, We'll redirect uh, traffic to and from scanners to get to steal documents. We'll turn on the, the, the microphones on conference phones to listen in on an office. We'll We'll do our research on an organization like that and learn how it operates, learn how things work from the inside through compromising the things, the cameras, the microphones, and the well, door locks when and you're, things like that. When you're going through, are do different businesses, different industries, I mean, because y'all test across the board, what kind of yeah. checks and, you know, how do you establish what's going to be required where? Right. So, you know, the reason you see us working across so many industries is that, uh, you know, we, we have this sort of expertise that can 
try to work with that client, figure out what systems are important to them, basically the things that if these things fail or they're compromised or they're leaked out, it spells, you know, a disaster for that particular business. We look at that, and then we translate it over into the technical arena to figure out, you know, if we can find a vulnerability in this, that's going to be the highest impact for them, and that's how we prioritize things. So whether it's health healthcare information or Internet or network-connected medical devices in a hospital, mm-hmm. or if it's the ATMs of a financial institute or their... I say, or uh, voting uh, machines coming up in right. November. <laughs> That's going to be huge, right? So very concerned about the security of those kinds of systems and the and the integrity of an election. Well, and of course, I am not necessarily going to advocate for more government regulation or involvement, uh, but at some level, who who watches? Who should be? Uh, following up on these tests and ensuring is it the responsibility of the company the service providers the manufacturers or the users at the end of the day you're the one who is stuck in hartsfield jackson airport yeah you know ultimately you know it's it's a it's a free market and you have multiple competing airlines it's going to be it's going to be up to the companies themselves to decide that they are going to set aside the required funds and expertise and and resources to ensuring that they have resilience and security and so if and if they don't Things like this will continue to happen, and the customers will go elsewhere. Well, absolutely. Well, thank you, Wesley. This has been a very enlightening uh, conversation today, and I, I apologize on behalf of City of Atlanta, Delta, that you had to spend as much time. But Wesley McGrew with Horn Cyber, thank you for joining the Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz show today. And uh Listeners can check, uh, follow Wesley on Twitter, find out more about his company and their work on Twitter. And I am your host at Lawyer Liz, an attorney with Hall Booth Smith. Join us next week on the Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz show on America's Web Radio. This is America's Web Radio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.